episode out last month and people really liked it, so I figured I would do another one. So for those of you that don't know, my name is Janine and I am your host. On these episodes, I will not be going into great detail the way I do with my Mass Murder Talk episodes. Those episodes, well these episodes will be more about giving you the information on a smaller scale. And these episodes will be a little bit more laid back. I'll be bringing a little bit more of my personality into these episodes. Uh, they won't be as structured as my mass shooting episodes. So for those of you that don't know, Terrified is the killing or parent or parents uh, or another near relative. These stories may not be as wild as some of my mass murder talk episodes, but they will definitely be interesting. Now with all of that out the way, Let's get started. This episode is a little different because not only did this person kill a family member or family members, but also a neighbor, and we'll get into all that. So this episode is about Michael Kenneth McClendon, and it takes place in Geneva County, Alabama. On March 10th, 2009, Michael Kenneth McClendon fatally shot 10 people and wounded six others between the communities of Kingston, Sampson, and Geneva. And this is all in Alabama. So let's do some background on Michael. Michael Kittis McClendon was born September 19, 1980. He was born in southern Alabama to his mother, Lisa McClendon, and her husband. His parents divorced when he was little, and he was mostly raised by his aunt and maternal uncle, Phyllis and James White. He attended local schools, he was an A student, and he was known for being quiet, and he graduated in 1999. McClendon wasn't married, and he was living at home with his mother in Kingston. This particular area is located in the southern part of Alabama, and the economy there was a little, like it was a little kind of depressed economy due to like the relocation of textile jobs that had been sent overseas previously. So McClendon's work history was a little spotty. He worked for the police department in one city, but he failed to complete basic training at the state academy, and he washed out after a week. Oh, I'm sorry, a week and a half. Then he worked at a warehouse, and he was asked to leave from that job in 2003. I couldn't find why he was asked to leave. Shortly after that, he and his mom got a job at a poultry plant, but they were suspended. They ended up filing a lawsuit along with other workers in 2006. Now, I couldn't find out why they were asked to leave the warehouse job or why he and his mother were suspended from their jobs or even why would people file the suit against the company. So it's really strange. This story has a lot of kind of like ins and outs. But McClendon was working at a sausage factory when he just abruptly quit shortly before the shooting, which to his supervisors was strange because they said he was a team leader, and according to them, he was well-liked. So here's where it gets a little fuzzy. Um, I think I read something that said that him and his mother had some type of argument that day, and this is kind of what sets everything into motion. So McClendon began his attack around 3.30 p.m. on March 10th, 2009, at his mother's house where he lived in Kingston. He shot and killed his mother and their three dogs, then set the house on fire. He then drove to his uncle's house in Samson, which is 
in another small city about 15 minutes away. He got there, shot his uncle, two cousins, a neighbor, and the neighbor's infant daughter. They were just all sitting on the porch of his aunt and uncle's house. He then leaves his aunt and uncle's house, goes next door, shoots and kills his maternal grandmother. Luckily, his aunt escaped the shooting uninjured because she was in the house, and uh, thank God the neighbor's four-month-old daughter also survived her gunshot wounds. I mean, I'm so confused. What possesses you to shoot a four-month-old? I mean, what could that four-month-old possibly have done? Absolutely nothing. But let's let's keep it let's keep pushing, y'all. So I mean, but to roll up to a family member's house and just shoot and kill them. So to me, in my opinion, he already had some stuff going on. He already had some sort of demons or something that were just swirling around in his head. So after McClendon left his grandmother's house, he started driving and just shooting at people from his car. As he was shooting from his car, he killed 43-year-old Sonia Smith, who was a gas station attendant. Then McClendon shot and killed 51-year-old motorist who drove past him. His name was Bruce Malloy. McClendon's last fatality was 24-year-old James Starling, who he shot in the back as he was trying to get away. McClendon figured he wasn't done and shot and wounded four other people that were trying to get away from him. He drove down the, down the highway towards Geneva and continued shooting from his car. Eventually, the police caught up to him, and he led them on a 24-mile police chase. At some point, the police tried to use the pit maneuver, but McClendon shot at him with a rifle and wounded the police chief in the arm. McClendon came to a building where he had worked in 2003. He engaged in a shootout with the police, and after a time, McClendon stopped returning fire. The police entered the building and found McClendon dead from a gunshot. It was later discovered that it was self-inflicted. Once the police were able to inspect his car, there was so much ammunition that it appeared that he was planning on killing more people. McClendon's shooting spree lasted almost an hour, and he was found dead at 4.17 p.m. He was found with a Soviet-made SKS, which for those of you that don't know, I didn't know either. I had to ask my husband, so, I mean, you know, if you know, you know, my husband is very knowledgeable about guns. But it is a newer version of an AK-47, and he also had a Bushmaster. He also had at least one thirty-eight caliber pistol, and he had fired more than 200 rounds. So just to recap, McClendon killed his mother, grandmother, uncle, and two cousins. He also killed the neighbor's wife and the daughter of the deputy sheriff. Three innocent people that just happened to cross his path. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just so shocked by this. I just really don't understand some of these stories, y'all. I really don't. But I guess it's not for me to understand. But this was seriously a wild one. But I do have an announcement that I will be making, and at this point, Mass Murder Talk, the podcast anyway, will be going on hiatus. I am not sure 
if we will return as far as the podcast goes. I do know that we are planning on starting some YouTube videos, but the podcast is going on hiatus. The platform that we use to put the podcast out has changed some things, and it's not favorable for me anymore. So I'm really not sure where we're going to go from this point. And, you know, I always like to be honest with y'all. I like to be transparent, and I'm just giving y'all full transparency at this point. So, for now, this will be the last episode of Mass Murder Talk or Parasite Files. So, I just want to thank all of you for listening, and hopefully, maybe within the next month or so, I'll be able to put out another episode, or like I said, we'll be able to start our YouTube videos. Who knows? But again, thank y'all for listening. I appreciate all y'all's support. And as soon as we get those YouTube videos, we will definitely let the world know. So for the last time, well, maybe for the last time, not sure yet, my name is Tamia. This is Mass Murder Talk, and I will talk with y'all in the next one. Deuces.